Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Chicago's Afternoon News, 720 WGN. There are so many questions we want to ask our doctors, and sometimes we just don't get the chance. But that's why I love when Dr. Jim Adams joins us. It's sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. And let's kick it off with someone on our voicemail today. Hi, Lisa. My name is Jill. When you have the doctor on, would you please ask him, what about this disease that killed two people in Africa? They haven't addressed it on the news for two weeks now. I'm not sleeping at night. I worry about it. It's something that they're keeping from us. And thank you so much for lifting my spirits and giving us this outlet to talk to you anytime we have something on our mind. Love you, and I'm going to go back to listen to you. Thanks again. That's very kind. Uh, Doctor, welcome to the show. So what is she talking about? Because I'm not aware of this. Yes, she's paying close attention to the news. That's absolutely right. There was a cluster of very mysterious deaths in, in Africa a couple of weeks ago. But the good news is that there's nothing to worry about in the United States at all. But this does show that when these things happen, they do have to be investigated. That investigation is happening. It's ongoing. And the United States and the Centers for Disease Control is available to respond around the world if indicated. So the good news is the countries really do cooperate to identify any problems. But there's no evidence that this is infectious disease and certainly not one that's going to spread or, or worry anybody in the United States. So rest easy. So this wasn't the, the story where all the young people were in a bar and they mysteriously dropped dead. They, there were like 26 of them, and they later determined, I believe, that to be carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. There's a couple stories out of Africa of sudden deaths, and I think my, my uh, knowledge of this would be different. But there were a couple, but there is not a new infectious disease strain that has been identified in any of these clusters. Uh, Governor Pritzker just came out and announced that uh, monkeypox has now been declared an Illinois public health emergency. Is that mostly about funding and how they direct funds to address these issues? That's right. Uh, Directing funding, resources, attention to track cases and prevent future spread. So because we know that this is being spread person to person and it's to put everybody on high alert. Dr. Jim Adams is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine. Um, That is a disease that originated in Africa, and it's not a novel virus, so we know it's not going to take some kind of crazy turn, right? You, You can pretty accurately identify the disease, and you know how to help people get well. Right, and people are getting well. There's been no fatalities at all from this. People take two weeks or one to two weeks to get better from it, but it's it's miserable in the meantime, fever, aches, and these blister lesions. It really hurts. There's been 330 cases or so in Illinois, 14 are hospitalized mostly for pain, pain control, but they all got better. And so, Doc, you know, I I know that a lot of those people who have been treated are men who have sex with men, and people wanted to paint it as just affecting that that group of people. But when you have something like Lollapalooza, and in any given, like, group, you might have 50,000 people, you know, most people have very little in the way of shirts on because they're dancing and jumping and rubbing up against each other. Is there any concern that we could see a bump from that festival? 
So I don't know that Lollapalooza will be a worrisome event, but that's why it was declared a public health emergency at this stage, because it's still pretty rare in, in Illinois, but it definitely spread from Africa to London, London to Chicago, and we do not want it to spread around Chicago. So you're right, if we don't get control of it, we could have the clubs and uh, around the city spreading it, but we, but it, it seems to be to require significant skin to skin contact so far, but we, um, it, we're still at the early stages of it, and now is the time to just stop it. Hey, Kathleen's on the phone. She's got a question for you. Thank you for joining us, Kathleen. What would you like to ask the doctor? Hi, doctor. Yeah, my question is um, how long after you've gotten the second booster, like I got mine in June with this new one coming out, how many months do you have to wait? Uh, so the, the, what I would recommend, honestly, if you go to the CDC website under COVID-19, there's a little work, um, a, a little box that you can work through because it depends on your age, the type of vaccine, whether you have immunocompromised or not. But in general, if you got it in June, I think I would recommend waiting till the fall because there's going to be a, a new booster that's more specific to the variants that are spreading around right now. So, So I think that you should just get September or October when the next round comes out. And has BA2.75 taken hold in the U.S. yet, or is that yet to come? So the, the, right now, the, um, everything right now is looking like BA5, the, but it's constantly being monitored. And to be honest, the symptoms are, of all of these are very much the same. It's, it's very the runny nose, the congestion, and people are testing at home. The current test, the home tests seem to work in this round a little better even than Omicron. So people are testing, they're resting, and they're getting better. We're seeing quite a lot of incidental spread of COVID right now. And yeah, it seems like everybody knows somebody like it. it's just spreading like wildfire. So you've got that with this variant. Is it safe to say every variant becomes more transmissible, easily transmitted? So the funny thing about these epidemics is the the virus learns that the, the viruses that survive tend to be more transmissible, but the virus wants to transmit, does not necessarily want to hurt the host, so it becomes less severe. And so that is that is the pattern that we're seeing, and it looks like we're just going to have, have regular circulation of this virus around. But fortunately, fortunately, it's not creating a lot of hospitalizations or severe consequences for people. Somebody texted in a question. Maybe you can answer that next. Think about it while we check on weather and traffic, but she said or he said, uh, can you please ask the doctor? I still have neuropathy from shingles I had a year ago. Should I get the shingles vaccine? That's a big question. We'll talk about that coming up. But what's going on, Mary? This is Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. Hey, Doc, was that Marburg virus in Ghana? Is that what that woman was referring to when she talked about what was keeping her up at night? I think it may have been. Okay. All right. Just wanted to check. People are texting about that. Hey, this is Dr. Jim Adams. He joins us, and uh, today the doctor is in, and I had a question on the text line about neuropathy from shingles that this person had a year ago, and they're asking if they should get the shingles vaccine. Uh, Absolutely get it. The shingles vaccine can prevent future shingles outbreaks. It's highly effective. It's very safe. 
Uh, if you've had shingles, as soon as you're over shingles, get it. It's two doses, the first dose, and then the second dose is two to six months after the first. Very effective, very safe. And and so, Doc, we've all talked about it here at the radio station. In fact, Mary, did you have your shingles vaccine yet, or have you been I thinking st- about it? I've been thinking about it. I still haven't made the appointment, but I will. It's on my list. And, and Dave Ennett had it, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. And, and, Doc, does it knock you out for a day? So, number one, the good news is you can drop in any of your drugstore, and they usually administer it, so that it's very easy to get. And number two... Yeah, expect to be tired. Uh, most people for that um, for a day, max two uh, people feel misery while your immune system is activating. But it's not that bad and it's not that severe. But definitely don't get it before an, a big important event. You know, make sure that you have a light day ahead. Yeah, and and my mom had shingles and it was brutal. And so, if you get this vaccine, do you just get a lighter case, or does it eliminate your opportunity to get the virus? Uh, so it is highly effective at preventing the outbreak at all. So that's incredibly powerful, incredibly effective. This modern one, the Shingrix, is is really very good. So that's why everybody's pushing pushing it because, boy, getting shingles really is miserable. And like the caller said, it, sometimes it can lead to long-term kind of nerve symptoms, mm. pain or numbness. And, and what is the age that you should get a shingles vaccine? 19 or above. If you're an adult, um, oh. get it. But definitely, so anybody's eligible, but usually in the younger adults, only if they have immune system weaknesses do we really push it. But But once you've hit 50 then we start, start to recommend it. So 50 and above, it's recommended, but any adult's eligible if you have a need for it. Okay. Um, so obviously, cannabis legal in the state of Illinois and many other states, people certainly imbibe. Um, and there's a study out that actually, I guess the findings were published, and it was about the connection between people who use pot and the fact that they're less prone to sinus problems. Is that a fact? Is I mean, what do you think of those findings? I wouldn't call it a fact yet. A good ear, nose, throat specialist just assessed people who smoked marijuana and didn't, and the ones who didn't reported a lot more sinus congestion than the ones smoking marijuana. But no, we don't know why. That doesn't mean the marijuana prevents it. It may be just the people who had sinus congestion, didn't like to smoke marijuana. So we don't know what to make of it. I wouldn't put too much stock in it. But a lot of research is coming up out, which is incredibly good, about about marijuana, positive or negative. So I wouldn't yep. read too much into this one study. Right. Because if you smoke cigarettes, you're probably more likely to have sinus problems, right? Well, that's, that's why they did the study in the first place, because the the cigarettes definitely cause uh, cause sinus congestion and inflammation, but they didn't find that. In fact, they found the opposite. But this again is just one study of a limited number of people. And for those people that imbibe, I mean, is there any study that shows whether it's better to actually smoke it or to vape it? Uh, so no, in general, the smoke in the lungs is is not a good thing. But most people who smoke marijuana are not smoking as heavily as cigarette smokers. But the, um, the THC is very strongly absorbed through the, through the lungs. Um, we'd like to avoid the smoke, but 
nobody's really recommending the the THC unless there's really a medical reason. But it so far seems to be safe, doesn't seem to be hurting too many people. Menopause is miserable for women, and uh, it's not just the hot flashes and mood swings and all the other stuff, but... Apparently, for a lot of people, according to an article I'm reading, one of the embarrassing side effects is a woman's drop in estrogen levels leading to urinary urge incontinence. I don't exactly know. Does that just mean they feel like they have to go, or does that mean that they can't control when they're urinating? Yeah, both. They they have a sudden urge to go, and if they, they don't, then it leaks, and it's very common. Women don't talk about it a lot, but but we know it's very, very troubling. And we know there's a lot of dryness, sometimes itching, and there's medicines for the itching and dryness, but the question was, does this urge incontinence, will the um, medicine that's applied down the, uh, uh, as, as a vaginal suppository help with the urge incontinence? And it shows that it does. So I think the message here is if people are having symptoms, talk to the doctor because there really are medicines that do not have a lot of side effects. This is local. It's not a pill. So it really is beneficial. Because a lot of women have, I think back in the day, um, I had to go through menopause in my 30s because of cancer. And back Mm -hmm. then they were prescribing Premarin. They still don't do that, do they? So the... No, it's not going to be the same the the same treatment. Now, there's maybe good reasons for postmenopausal women to take hormones, but for the side effects that we're talking about, we do not want pills. We want the medicine topically applied through a mm-hmm. through a suppository, and it helps it helps a great deal. So people don't women don't have to suffer with these side effects, but women often don't talk about the side effects. It's worth a conversation. Yeah. In fact, somebody just said, how about Botox for incontinence? Sometimes that's needed, but that's this is different. The Botox will not help what we're talking about. The Botox helps um, when it's much more um, anatomical. This is, this is hormonal. Another question for the doctor. Why would someone who never had the chicken pox need a shingle shot? The people can... So the people that didn't have chickenpox probably had the chickenpox vaccine, but we may need to make sure that they didn't. Many people have this virus lurking and just don't know it. I still would recommend over 50, get it. It's better to have this immunity than not. People don't really remember what they had or didn't have. And oh, we've got like 30 seconds left, Doc. I appreciate you always joining us, but... Um, will long COVID eventually be looked at as a disability? I think it, it will. It's going to have a complicated course because there are a lot of symptoms. About 30% of the people, if they were hospitalized, are going to have some adverse symptoms longer than six months. About only 3% of the people that had regular COVID will have symptoms after three months. But with the extent of COVID, that's a, still a large absolute number. People have muscle aches, fever, chest pain, shortness of breath, can't walk, um, can't concentrate. And so it's going to have to be confronted as a disability for a small number of people. And that's probably going to take a long time before insurance companies recognize that, A long time, because in many cases, these are self-reported symptoms, so it's a long uphill climb. But there are some people who are seriously affected for a long time. The vast majority are not. 
However, this is one of the reasons to get vaccinated. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Bye. Dr. Jim Adams, that's part of our newsroom temperature check brought to you by American Weathermakers. The heating and cooling folks, a 60-minute men. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.